Field Notes brand, USA-made memo books and other products, including seasonal limited editions. Visit fieldnotesbrands.com or 400 North May in Chicago. It is the Dynasty Podcast Panelcast Series, featuring industry panels recorded live throughout the city of Chicago. My name is Haima Black. I host this podcast at dynastypodcast.com. This week, the Instagram Insider, Strategies and Secrets from Chicago's Top Instagram Talent Masterclass, part of Social Media Week 2014, featuring Danny Moda, Jason Peterson, Brandon Sharp, and Nick Oliveri. Here's how that sounds. My name is Haima Black. Um, like I got this said, I founded Dynasty Podcast. It was the first music podcast ever launched in Chicago about nine years ago. I do a lot of interviews with Chicago artists and industry, but also a lot of panels and workshops like we're doing today. Um, I am super excited to be here for this Instagram masterclass with social media, uh, Instagram Insider, Strategies and Secrets from Chicago's Top Instagram Talent. Um, and Agatha introduced all of our esteemed panelists here, but let's just go down really quick have a really quick little bio from each of you kind of like you know expanding on what agatha says how you use instagram why you're sitting on this panel all that we'll just kind of hit the the bullet points yeah sure okay so uh my name is brandon sharp uh i'm originally from south carolina hence the sc hat that's on my head i was actually sporting this while i was walking from mexico to canada just recently uh but i've lived now in chicago for about like I'd say five years or so, or coming up on it, so it feels quite like home now. Um, but I got you know, really into photography as I moved to the city. I actually had like a, a background that was very charismatic. Uh, finally, it was a, a big jump from being in the rural uh, land of South Carolina where there are no big ginormous buildings to photograph and things of that nature. So, so yeah, that's pretty much it. You know, I'm always just looking for adventure. Um, I'm a designer by trade. I've been designing for about 12 years now, uh, maybe more. I just kind of lost track of it. And uh, one thing led to the other. Uh, Instagram got out there, and I saw it as like a, a creative outlet for my work. And uh, yeah, so that's that's where I am now. So this is some. <laughs> Wait. Come on, we don't have to go tied in. in order of the yeah, images. Yeah. Okay, I'll go next. Uh, so my name is Nick Uliveri. I'm a commercial photographer based in Chicago. Uh, I do a lot of food and architectural work around the city, which is great because Chicago is a, a really awesome city to be doing that kind of work in. I, uh, I studied marketing at Bradley University, and I was in the advertising and PR industry for a few years. But at the time, it wasn't really what I wanted to do, and I picked up photography. One thing led to another, and uh, I started my own uh, photography business about five years ago. And about two years ago, I, I, a friend uh, recommended Instagram to me. I started posting to it, and I haven't been able to stop. Uh, I really love it because it is such a great social media platform, really, that photographers can excel at. It's a good, great place to share work, learn new work, and I've met so many cool people uh, through Instagram, which is really cool as well. I'm uh, Jason M. Peterson. Um, I, my day job is I'm the chief creative officer of an advertising agency called Havas. It's a 500-person uh, commercial advertising agency. Uh, I've been on Instagram for um, just about two years. Um, you know, prior to that, I'd never taken a digital photograph in my life. Um, was kind of anti-digital photography. I'm an art director by trade, and you know, minored in photography all through school, and was kind of a film camera purist and a kind of a bit of a photo historian. 
um, like similar, I think, to everyone, you know, introduced by a friend about this thing called Instagram. I thought it was uh, like hipstamatic and a bunch of kind of cheesy, dumb kind of filters. And kind of after I took my first photo, which was on, uh, you know, Lakeshore Drive, I was like really impressed by the quality, first of all, that I could take on, you know, on an iPhone and kind of quickly set aside that I wanted to create a brand and a unique point of view uh, for myself on this channel. Um, I think about all the classic photographers that I love, you know, 19... 50s fashion photographers, um, you know, to you know, you know, contemporary photographers, they always have a very clear point of view. So I can see a photo from wherever in their career is, and I can point out who they are. And I set myself aside to use this channel to kind of document a personal style for myself, which is kind of a graphic approach to kind of urban lifestyle. Hi everyone, uh, I'm Danny Moda. Um, I also actually work at Havas. I'm a content producer there. My way on Instagram was probably about a year and change ago. Um, I picked it up more or so because I started seeing people's like photography of Chicago, which is my city. I was born and raised here in actual city. Um, and I kind of just wanted to see what people were doing because essentially we had the same tool I always thought, like an iPhone. And I took images initially that I thought were terrible and just really, really bad. And I was like, we had the same tool, so I don't understand like what I was doing wrong. So um, I started just downloading a bunch of apps and figuring out how to edit images in, in a way that hopefully was competing with those people at the same time um, and now it's become more, more of a creative outlet I actually met Jason here who is my boss now on Instagram about a year and change ago actually um, so obviously opened up an outlet in terms of like a, a career for it but yeah so it's basically given me an excuse to explore the city that I already love a little bit further and, and find unique aspects to it so. so you know how long were you guys each using Instagram because everybody here has a really sizable audience of, of varying sizes on Instagram. You guys have community, you have like people who are following your work, who, who really are passionate about your photography on Instagram. How long did that take to kind of build that audience? I don't know, for me at least. Um, so I started about a year and change ago. Um, I, I didn't think I took it seriously until maybe about a year ago. Um, I think that was more about actually, it's a funny story because um, I would always come in on Jason's photos when I saw them initially because I was like, I don't know who this guy is, I don't know what he does, but like I love his photography. I think it's you know amazing, especially because he shoots it in my city, and I was always like interested to find out who he was. Um, so when he started following me and stuff like that, I remember telling my girlfriend, you know, I got to start making some good images now. Um, so for me at least, that, that that started about a year ago where I started taking it a little bit more in depth and, and definitely thinking about it, going on like photography blogs, reading a little bit more, learning better ways to edit photos, and definitely trying to develop a style uh, of my own. I think. And so for me at least, I think sizable audience probably been a year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, for me, the whole thing kind of started out. You know, I was kind of introduced to it, but it started out kind of as a game. There's a couple guys in my office. There's this one kid. His name's Todd Bees. This crazy sneakerhead on Instagram. And he had 200 followers on Instagram. He was the one who was kind of selling me on it. I was like, oh, that looks stupid. And then we kind of turned it into a game, which was like, who can get to 1,000 followers first? And I was like, oh, fuck that. Like, this is on, right? <laughs> so I just kind of broke it down and started figuring out, okay, what a hashtag was. And then I figured out what the great part about it is Instagram is really made up of micro communities, right? So no matter what your kind of interests are, if you're into Justin Bieber, you're into fingernails, you're into urban exploring, you're into, you know, cool, you know. Justin Bieber's fingernails. Whatever. <laughs> There's micro groups that kind of make Pretty that cool. up, right? And so it's like social media is, to me, is like a party. 
and you want to show up at that party and make an impact on that party, right? So it's about engaging with everyone at that party, having a conversation with them, commenting on their photos, and putting in that kind of time. So when people walk away from the party and go, yeah, that dude was rad, we should all follow him. To me, that's kind of how it works. And you know, after I hit like 1,000, then it was, okay, 10,000, then 50,000, and now it's a million. So it just kind of steamrolled from there. But it's, you know, I think the thing to remember is, um, you know, people always ask me, it's like, how did you get so many followers? I'm like, first of all, it's people are following me for a reason. It's like watching a television show that you love. And so only do that kind of thing. And I'm adamant about it. You know, I post, you know, two to three times a day. I don't disappear. I'm always, you know, people tune into the, you know, the same kind of thing and do one thing and post really amazing stuff. Uh, for me personally, uh, it took, I was, I was on Instagram for a while. I feel like, um, before I actually gained the audience that I gained, and so I went through a lot of growing pains with taking pictures all together, to be honest, because I'm a designer. Uh, I saw this creative outlet where at the time there wasn't a platform really where I could post little squares of my design work. And I thought, well, I'll just give this a go. I'll keep trying. And I sucked real bad at it at the start. Like, I was really, really terrible, like for real, like super bad. So, <laughs> and I've gone back and looked at that stuff to just kind of try to stay humble and stuff. But... I just kind of, like Jason said, I'm pretty competitive, I think, overall, and uh, I like the challenge. I thought, here's something where I could actually try to gain an audience for my artwork, finally, um, where I can actually have a voice. I was struggling with that, and I was trying to create that in my design work, and I was already, by nature, a very curious person, and I was already doing some crazy shit, like, all the time. Like, especially when I moved to the city, I started really started climbing buildings and things of that nature and just trying to figure out like how I can do it. And while well, I saw this as a way to just show people the things that I'm doing, I was already doing it. Why not, you know, uh, you know, make a craft out of this and, uh, you know, become an expert at it in some way. Um, and just one thing led to the other. Eventually, you know, some people took note, I guess, and uh, Instagram kind of promoted my work. And it just, as Jason said, steamrolled from there as well. And now, you know, it's, Instagram has been such a wonderful thing in my life. It's really pushed me to like challenge myself in more ways than just art. And, uh, you know, as we mentioned before, I went on a big ginormous hike just recently, uh, hiked. Yeah, it was two. <laughs> yeah, it was like, it wasn't an afternoon. It was a big, big hike. It was from Mexico to Canada and it was 2,668 miles is how far I hiked. And it took me around five months and four days. Uh, I originally thought it was going to take me six months, but, you know, Instagram is what led me to this. I've never hiked a day in my life really before this. I mean, well, I shouldn't say that. I, I already hiked, you know, in the city, I guess, kind of. Like, I, yeah, I walked everywhere and summited these buildings, so I figured, you know, what's the next best thing? Let's just take this to the nature and, you know, where I can only get a couple thousand feet up in the air here. Uh, out in those mountains, I can get like, you know, 14,000 feet up. So um, the addiction to heights kind of led me there. And the addiction just to the adventure and being able to tell it through some platform and, like I said before, have a voice. Uh, I think so, that's yeah. a real, can I build on this? Right? Yeah, yeah, Because I think it's really interesting. Everyone knows this guy, who this guy is, right? So I discovered him on Instagram, like Danny discovered me. Brandon Explorers, like, pushed kind of urban exploring, which people talk about now, and there's all these crazy Russians and stuff getting on top of building shit, but it started with this guy, right? So I saw his feed, I was like, how the hell did that guy get on top of that building, right? And there's definitely a competitive side to Instagram where you're like one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. And like now we're on this crazy like helicopter tip. He's on like, I'm gonna change my life and go even kind of further. But the idea of going and trying to capture stuff on this format that people haven't done before, I think is, is, a, is a core kind of piece of it, you know? And it's about expanding 
what is you know kind of possible because of a you know an iPhone. Right. Absolutely. I mean, like like as Jason was saying at the time in Chicago, especially. I noticed that there was a lot of people taking pictures of buildings and everybody was really competitive on like who could get a shot from a certain location, who could get on this roof first or who could get this and that. And well, my competitive spirit came out and I thought, well, fuck it, I can do that. And so I went for it, you know, and one thing led to the other. You start just finding yourself in the most crazy situations, trying to top one another in a weird way. I mean, uh, obviously, you gotta be safe, right, kids? Be safe about it. But uh, it's a good disclaimer you know, to throw in this. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Try not to break laws, and you know, be safe. How many safe. times have you been arrested? Uh, yeah, a couple times. <laughs> so it happens. Uh, you I know, feel like the try not to break so. laws is coming with a winky face. Right. Like, <laughs> but there is definitely kind of a graffiti kind of culture, yeah. kind of piece of it that's kind of in you know in Instagram for sure. So. Especially here in Chicago, I've noticed it. It got real, real tense there for a bit, and I think it still is at times. Actually, uh, I've been kind of detached from it for a bit there but uh, you know it just led me to do the craziest things I've ever done no way in hell would I have ever climbed a crane like 70 stories up before Instagram came along honestly and it's just because I didn't really have this audience I didn't have a lot of people that I could basically prove this to you know in a weird way and uh, the same kind of parallel exists with you know art you just creating your art you want to prove to people that you can create this wonderful art as well as like, you know, let's face it, as a photographer, to get the shot, most of us, you have to go there, you have to be there, you have to be present, and uh, you have to go to that extreme to get that shot that you're looking to get, so. So yeah, I, um, I guess I kind of forgot what the question was at first, but no, uh, my, my, uh, my follower count, or my following, I guess, was it's been pretty uh, slow but gradual. Uh, I don't really feel like there's one point where all of a sudden, uh, you know, I, I, I was, you know, popular on Instagram. I, um, you know, I've always just kind of, I started off, when I first started, I posted a lot of different work, stuff I was taking for fun, stuff I was taking for clients, uh, just to kind of see what people liked, because I didn't really know. Um, I think, you know, as I've progressed, I've had more of a POV kind of start to come out, and as that point of view becomes more solidified, the following seems to become, uh, you know, more, uh, solidified as well. Yeah, I do a lot of food photography for my clients, but I don't really post a whole lot of that stuff. It's really become, uh, you know, shooting what I really love to do, which is mostly architecture. And I love, I love storms. Uh, you know, bad weather is, uh, you know, a good day for me. So can never <laughs> rain on my parade, I guess you could say. Um, so the that's been storm, like seriously, best storm stuff I've ever seen. So that's, that's been. So thank you. I appreciate yeah. it that those crane shots were so cool too. <laughs> um, Everybody's great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, it's uh, you know, it's been a it's been a really great ride just to kind of watch it evolve because you never really know what's going to happen next. And it's so Instagram's so different from what I do in my commercial photography because I'm so concerned with getting, you know, a set of photos for my clients or a group of photos, you know, it's very, uh, you know, chronological. And with Instagram, I can post whatever I want, whenever I want. I can focus on one picture. I could either try and, uh, you know, show something newsworthy or timely or, uh, you know, spread a message with a singular photo. So it's a lot different than, you know, what I do day to day, but I'm still taking photos and doing things that I love. So that's really what um, I love about it. So, you know, we've covered already, just in the course of like two questions, some really great information about how you guys built your audience, like how you kind of came to 
um, gain a following on Instagram. We have an awesome classroom here in this conference center full of people who, you know, I would imagine are inst on Instagram or maybe want to get more involved or are passionate about it. So you guys have talked about kind of how you've built your audiences. What advice would you give for anybody who's in the audience who maybe wants to build their brand or expand their presence on Instagram? How can they do that? How can they gain more followers? How can they gain more of a, a you know, a voice, et cetera? What, what advice would you give for anyone in the room or anyone listening on the podcast? You know, I think it's important to build a brand, first of all. As Jason mentioned before, this is like a, a TV channel, you know. This is like a, a TV episode that somebody, you want someone to get really addicted to, but you want things to be somewhat consistent, I, I think, at least. You just want, you want a particular thing that people are coming to, and you want to carry that through. And when it does well, you want to continue to do more of that, you know. It really is that simple. There's all kinds of ways people talk about getting followers and stuff, you know, but I personally don't trouble myself with any of the following back or commenting more or any of those kind of things, uh, you know, but like, I think that's important stuff. I mean, as far as like engaging in your community and uh, being a part of uh, your voice, but, you know, staying on your brand is a very important uh, aspect of it. I mean, if you just kind of don't have a consistency, then people aren't really going to take you as serious. And I think that's that's the defining line right there is how serious someone takes you or not based off of how you present yourself in that manner. So, yeah. And I think that's that to me is what my point of view on it is well. And it doesn't matter if you're into, you know, photography and stuff like I think like all four of us kind of are like, again, whether whatever you're interested in, there's little subgroups that are out there that are interested in. Those are the people you need to interact with and engage with and get those people to come see what you're kind of doing. And like I have like a simple rule because people are like, how do you do all these photos? Whatever. And, and I, I only post a photo that I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I can't wait to post this. If I don't feel that, I don't post it. So I literally have like thousands of shots that I just say aren't good enough to be you know, part of the feed that I'm kind of trying to curate. Yeah, I think that's a simple thing is post what you really like, essentially. But it's also like don't follow other people's thing is I always laugh when people ask Jason, like, how do you edit this image like you? Why would you want to post an image like Jason, make your own style? Is what I always think is like really what it comes down to be. If you post really good images and you have a point of view and you engage with the community, I think all those three things kind of lead to eventually having a following on Instagram and eventually it leads you to get better work too because you start challenging yourself to say, I'm not going to do the same thing over and over again. That gets tiresome too. It's not like it's going to work all the time. So, you know, I mean, Sorry. I was going to say one of the challenges that I, I have uh, when I'm doing like client projects is how do I cut all these great photos down into just a few? And I think uh, Jason made a really good point. It's like you could take a, you know 15 really cool photos, uh, you know, if you're out walking uh, down the, like the city streets, but you may have really five cool ones of the Aqua Tower. You know, do your best to pick the one that you think is the best and post that one because sometimes you'll see someone's feed with about four photos of almost the same photo posted you know in quick succession and that will really quickly dilute um, you know the impact you might have on one and, uh, and this is kind of really technical but I think post timing has a lot to do with it I found like like really late at night or around dinner time or early in the morning seems to get more engagement than they do if it's in the middle of an hour or kind of in between breakfast and lunch so things like that you know the more you post the more um, patterns you'll kind of see in the way people engage with your photos so that's one thing to keep in mind too like don't you don't necessarily want to post it as soon as you get it but maybe wait till 9 or 10 o'clock at night if you get it in the late afternoon and you know, things like that seem to help 
So, you know, along the same lines, not to ask the question of like, how can I edit like Jason? But like what, you know, there are a lot of techniques and tips when it comes to, you know, I think when Instagram first came out, a lot of people like took a picture on their phone. It was that square and they uploaded it to Instagram and they're like, ta-da, I Instagrammed. Now there's a lot more options. There's, you know, um, alternative photo editing apps that you can utilize. You can obviously use like a different camera. You can put a, um, a add-on lens onto your smartphone. So what are some ways that, again, for the audience, for anyone listening, anyone can enhance their visu visuals on Instagram aside from just taking, you know, a great photo? I, I think the first first thing is like, it's like people <clears throat> ask me all the time. I get it every day. I'll post and I'll get 30 people saying, what app is this? What app is this? And I always make a joke. I'm like, it's it's an app called follow a policeman on a horse down a street and wait till he's backlit and then shoot a photo of it, right? It's on the <laughs> app store for 99 cents. You, you, have to have, you have to have a point of view before you understand what you want to do with the tools, right? So as soon as you have a point of view, there's every single app in the world that you can do to help you kind of reach that, right? And it depends, like, you know, um, this girl Swopes, awesome photographer here in Chicago, she puts little giraffes on everything, right? There's an app that does that, right? So that's what she does. You know, it's not just a matter of just, you know, she started with a point of view and then found an app to help her get that point of view. Um, I think that's, the, you know, first and foremost. I think the most basic, which most people should know, like Snapseed is like the most basic app that there is kind of for Instagram. And the thing that's great about it is there's this little details uh, uh, function on it, which kind of makes up for the size of, of an iPhone lens and kind of sharpens an image. That's like, to me, is the basics that I'm sure that every single one of us kind of uses. And then from there, it's more about what do you want to, you know, what do you want to create? Yeah, I, I think simple tools are, you know, the most powerful too. So like, uh, I'm glad he mentioned Snapseed as being kind of one of a, you know, one of those more simple tools because it really is, it gives you a lot of like, uh, I guess like versatile, versatility and like, like, how to simply make the image that you've taken with a small iPhone camera look better. You know, that's always the first step there. You, you're looking to take all the crappiness out of a, uh, you know, phone photo and try to make it look, you know, more real, like a DSLR photo or something. And just the ability to be able to use those simple tools that allow me to adjust contrast or, you know, any of that kind of stuff or add grain or, you know, decrease the grain and all that kind of stuff is powerful in its own right, you know. And then, you know, just trial and error. I mean, it's like any art, you know, that you're trying to develop, uh, you know, no, no, wonderful painter became that wonderful painter just right at the beginning unless you know you're like picasso or someone who came out of the womb and was just amazing but like that usually doesn't exist so you have to practice you know and uh so you know it's just practice 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 non-stop practice become obsessed with it you know be real hard on yourself in that way as well and i think that's one of the best ways to develop your craft so that's a really good point about being hard on yourself and you really do have to be obsessed with taking photos and editing photos and you really you have to love it um, you know sometimes I'll spend you know 30 minutes 45 minutes sometimes messing with edits on a phone and sometimes I like the results sometimes I don't but I'll learn more about an app um, you know Snapseed as we were talking about that's kind of like the I think the standard one that everyone should probably get and start working with because it kind of you start to get it's pretty simple, but it gives you a basic idea of how like real photo editing works. You work with brightness and contrast and color and saturation and, and uh, white balance and details and sharpening. And that's kind of a good intro into, uh, you know, if, if 
starting with Instagram kind of gets you into photography as you want to move further into photography, working on DSLRs, using Lightroom, Photoshop, and things like that. Um, you know, I feel like Snapseed is kind of the first jump you might take um, onto that path. Yeah, I, I was just thinking that actually, like Snapseed is really like the equivalent of Lightroom, which is you know, high-end like photo editing uh, piece of software that you use on your computer, which I'm sure it's coming to these devices. I'm surprised, you know, that it hasn't already. But Snapseed is as close as you can get to it, really. I mean, in the simple form, you know. So that's, I think, why we all keep going to it. You know, it works. It, right. it does what you need it to do and doesn't have any uh, excessive crap just floating there for no reason. There's purpose to everything. So Yeah, and I think it's also, that was like the, one of the first apps I downloaded, and I think I just basically went away for like a day and just learned how to use it in and out as much as I could. I looked up tutorials online. Um, I asked a lot of questions to people on Instagram themselves and just saying like, how did you use Snapseed and people I met and stuff like that. And I think it's just more about what Jason said earlier about find a point of view first and then you can kind of get that image first because if you're shooting with a phone, like I started basically shooting on my iPhone for the longest time ever. It's also about understanding small things like I knew I, if I wanted to square the photo, I had to step, step back instead of being so close, and I had to do all these other things. Just adjusting to what your tool is is kind of like the start. At least that's the way I looked at it. And then you eventually like learn how to edit a little bit better and just continuously like learn on other apps as well and how to integrate them together as well. We're going to do one or two more questions, then open it up to the audience. If uh, anybody has any questions, we'll have about 10, 15 minutes for that. But you know, in terms of using Instagram, because each of you guys are your own brand on Instagram, and you know, if you're doing advertising work i'm sure that you've worked on campaigns where you know other brands are using instagram as well so kind of how whether it's for yourself or a client how can you use instagram to brand yourself to brand someone you're working with you know how can you use it as a branding tool uh it's a it's a really strong branding tool i mean right there you have a you know visual representation of your brand like right away so i mean it's up to you right then to create the mood and and like the ambiance of whatever you want your brand to stand for you know it is an extension of you the photographer so uh, because when people are looking at your photos they're also looking at the person behind taking the photos they're interested in that person as well you know well at least in my brand particularly so where it's more you know revolves around the adventures that I go on and the kind of crazy things that I do and how I like tell that story you know at the end because I mean overall like, let's face it at the end of the day we're all storytellers uh, that's what you are as a photographer you want to tell some kind of story you have a subject matter and uh, you want to stick to that subject matter and you know tell that story so I think that that it gives you that for sure like right away uh, which is a wonderful like tool to have for your brand so I also think if um you know, if, you're, if you are using Instagram for a company you work with, not just your personal brand, but for uh, a business with an Instagram handle, uh, I'm kind of going back to Jason uh, when he said that, you know, your Instagram's like a TV, TV show, but you, no one really likes commercials, so you don't want your business's brand to become just, a, you know. That's not an, true. No one likes bad commercials. Bad commercials, that's true. <laughs> we no, work in a business with but, but I think <laughs> that's the kind of point of it, is yeah. like if you create awesome stuff and you're a brand, people are going to like it, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. And it does, yeah, it doesn't need to be, I guess I should say you don't want to necessarily, you could be creative about it, but you don't want to overly sell your product to your 
the viewers to some degree. Yeah, I think, the, I think the biggest thing, like I literally get, we were just talking about before we walked in, I turned down three brands a day who were saying, hey, will you, ha will you pay, will you post, we'll give you $2,000 to post this thing of this orange juice. And I'm just like, the people that follow me would be like, what the hell is this crap? I'm not following you for that, right? So it's about consistency. So yeah. I'll only work with brands or services that let me have total creative control and create their goods or service or product in my voice, right? And that's why people follow me and I'll do it. I've done, I did a huge campaign for Dom Perignon. They flew me to Iceland to shoot four photos on my iPhone for them. And I took photos that were just like my regular photos and they got the same engagement, if not more engagement than I, you know, I get for my other photos. It's about relevance to that channel, right? People are following you for a reason. Give them a reason to follow you more. Yeah, I think it's just be honest with yourself. Say like whatever brand reaches out to you, say like don't just put a bottle in front of like, you know, the Sears Tower and say that's that's a picture. I think it's just be honest. Like Jason always asks this question to us, like when we're doing something creative, he goes, Would you like it? And be honest with yourself. And like don't just say you're doing it for the money or for like anything else. It's it's literally put out stuff that you yourself, if you were the audience, say, Yeah, I approve of that. Like person's like aesthetic again. It's not just something that I know I see them pitching yeah, I mean, a product. I, I've done it as a consumer. Like there's great people that I follow on, on Instagram that I love and they're amazing and all of a sudden they do some photo for some brand and it's just an awful photo and I unfollow them like I have like a like it's just bad. I'm like, I don't want to see that shit. Yeah. I also do, don't, don't do bad taste photos because Jason has a rule, two strikes and you're out. So if I, if I do two bad photos, it's going to be an awkward conversation at work. So, <laughs> Well, you know, along those lines then, again, for anybody in the room, anybody listening to this later on in the podcast, what do you need to avoid on Instagram, either personally, professionally, your brand, someone else's brand? What shouldn't you do with Instagram? I think that just starts like where, what you want to do with it, essentially. Um, I don't know. I, I don't make my Instagram that personal. You won't find photos of like many people on there. You might find photos here and there. Basically, hang out with this guy all the time anyway. So you, you see photos of him. But I think it's just take a point of view initially of what you want to do with it. If you're just doing it for fun and you want to learn a little bit more about photography in general, then treat it as such. But if you want to treat it as something of like your own personal brand, then I say start there and making sure that you are putting out stuff that you're going to be proud of, and then you could speak to and say like this is something that I, I want people to look at as like my online portfolio. So. Yeah, I think I think as long as you're proud of the work you put out, um, it's hard to really do something wrong. Um, well, you know, people are going to let you know. I if, think that I mean that's the point. It's yeah. like you got to be proud of it and think it's awesome. Right. Otherwise, don't do it. I mean, there are like obviously like wrong things to do. <laughs> wrong, right? Like don't be like post some weird photos of yourself naked or something. Or like don't, <laughs> was, but he had know, to, Brandon like, had to learn this lesson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, don't you know, whore your account out and just be like advertise, 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 advertise. I mean, like Jason mentioned earlier. I was approached by a lot of advertising uh, ventures while I was on this trail. You know, people wanted me to endorse their brands. And overall, I only endorsed Timex and uh, Cliff Bar through the whole entire endeavor. And that's because I felt like those were appropriate to my brand at the time. You know, it might not be so much now that I'm back in the city and my voice might try to switch around a bit here as I go. But at the time, it was like in key with my brand. So it just wasn't this weird anomaly all of a sudden. Like, here, Timex, watch, the end, you know, it was like part of my adventure, you know, so I think that that's, that, that's like way up there as far as like what not to do on Instagram. Obviously, too, don't like rip people's shots off, like, that's a huge one, it's really terrible, like, just don't do it, it's like any creative thing that anyone does, you don't want to see your stuff taken, or even like just stolen as far as like identical shot as the one that you took or something in that in that world you know so uh that's a big no-no so 
you'll get called out real fast for that one. Yeah. So, and it's funny because there actually is kind of a little bit of a code with people on it, right? Like, yeah. like this guy gets on all these insane rooftops, and you, you don't kind of ask him how he did it. Oh, can I go and do that stuff? Because that's his thing, right? You got to find your own kind of right. way. Right. So. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. Um, I think that we can turn it over to the audience right now. The way that we can do this is, um, is we don't have like a sixth mic for the audience. So what we'll do is, if you have a question kind of like you know raise your hand or stand up and then i'll repeat it into the mic so that we have the question for the podcast and then we can have the panel answer it um so if anybody wants to yeah go ahead okay so the question yeah if you have a you know a, a emerging brand that you're trying to grow on on instagram how can you turn a like into a follow Shit, I always ask the opposite question. I'm like, how do I turn followers into likes? Because the thing is, you know, I have almost 300,000 followers and I get, you know, 12,000 likes on the photo, so it doesn't quite, you know, correlate. Um, I think the biggest thing, if, you, if you're kind of starting out on it, go like the pe if people like your photo, go like their photo. Yeah. If you like it, I mean, don't like photos you don't like, I think is the number one thing, but go see who liked it. Like, again, when I first got on Instagram, I'm like, I got three likes. And I was like, who the fuck's this? This guy's yeah. from like Taiwan or some shit. Yeah. And so I went and saw it, and I'm like, wow, he's taking really awesome photos, right? And I'm it's, like, he's definitely cool. an unspoken conversation, too, that you're having. Yeah. I mean, like, it, as long as you're not just going in and saying, like, 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 like yeah. on every single one of their photos, be selective, you know, as far as like what you do like, because people can read right through it, you know. So I, I think I also find relative like hashtags or like other accounts that feature like food or something like that. That maybe there's accounts there that you can do like you know get featured on and stuff like that so when i was first started i got featured on like this uh, hashtag here in chicago called shy texture and i thought that was like the coolest thing ever because well you use the hashtag or you go go to the account and see if they're doing like daily like features of their audience or something like that follow them and then see if they're being like obviously they're displaying images and stuff like that i think that's sort of like the yeah. local way to do it too or bigger accounts actually obviously have some clout yeah there's a lot of accounts like that are kind of like they're more curators of kind of interest. So, you know, Shy Texture is like a big one on Chicago architecture and what their point of view is. So they do daily features based on people who hashtag to their feed. Food blogs, there's tons of them that are part of those things. Go and follow them, see what their hashtags are. A lot of them will be like daily hashtags or weekly hashtags that are kind of almost like contests. And when you get like reposted by one of those, like that, that's when stuff blows up. Like, you know, if I get reposted by like Mashable or I got, yesterday I got, posted by hype beast like it goes through the roof yeah yeah there's and i think one thing to kind of keep in mind too for your, like your business's brand is make sure that the content in your caption is interesting too you know you could have a good photo but make sure that you're you're describing the photo or you know if you you know cooking recipes or keeping that stuff very interesting as well will keep people wanting to follow you because the photo could be great but you know if you just see 30 hashtags as the caption you know it's not really as relevant to um you know your audience but yeah again the the feature accounts are great one i think is called like food coma king you know they feature these really you know decadent um uh, food shots but if you go on some of these uh feature feature um accounts they'll usually hashtag other relevant feature accounts and then you can kind of find them and you can build your own network of accounts that you follow that can you know ideally feature you if you use their hashtags as well. Yeah, and I just have to say the hashtag culture is like so powerful and so important right now. It's crazy. Like, you know, from my personal experience uh, going into this, I kind of had planned to do this already, but now I'm hashtagging some of my work in relative or relevant like uh, buckets, if you will, of information that I know people are gonna come across because they're searching, because it's popular as well. Like the book Wild uh, that just came out or came out a bit ago and now there's a movie coming out. It's all about the Pacific Crest Trail. 
the people are going to be super interested in the Pacific Crest Trail. Yeah, so I want to put it in buckets where I know people are going to be searching. I mean, that's, you know, the power of that. Yeah, it blows up. It's crazy. I, w I would also say in something it, like, because I, I still use a lot of hashtags. I still have this, like, addiction to them. I fear that if I don't, people aren't going to see them. But um, I've stopped putting most of my hashtags in the caption itself, and I'll add a comment. Because you could ash ha add hashtags after the fact. Yeah, and that way you can you can delete them, you know, if you want. If you if you ever run out, you can add new ones. So try and keep the, you know, maybe one or two major hashtags in your caption and then add them, you know, right after an additional comments. Because then it frees up space and it your your content is more important that way. Cool. Let's get another question from the audience. Yes. Yeah, what other editing apps do we want where, you know, are, are good to use besides Snapseed? FilterStorm is pretty cool. Um, it's really complicated. To, I still don't really know it that well, but it's a lot Those more Those are the like only Photoshop. two. I use Snapseed and FilterStorm. And that's yeah, it. that's like a Photoshop yeah. sort of because you, you can work in layers, and so it's a little bit yeah, more can, complicated, but it, it does give you a lot more control. You yeah. can do specific areas, and you can change anything from, like, brightness, contrast, saturation, all that stuff. But, but yeah, you could, like, merge photos, and, um, you know, you could do all... Basically, what you can do in Photoshop, you could do with FilterStorm, but it's just hard because, you know, you're using your thumbs on a small screen. It's not hard. It's easy when you know it. Like <laughs> people true. ask me, like, oh, you use Photoshop. I'm like, dude, I don't even know how to turn on a computer. I don't know use. I don't know how to use Photoshop. But I know how to use FilterStorm. So uh, do you use anything, yeah, like before you take the photo, like a VSCO? I, for a while there I was. I was using ones that allowed me to, like, put, like, an exposure rate to it, like, as well as, like, a focal point. Um, but the native camera app now on the phone has actually, like, improved drastically over the course of a couple of years. So I've just slowly kind of found myself just using the native app uh, the whole entire time. And, in fact, like, now it's – I wouldn't go – take pictures in any other way than just using the native app with the power of all of these uh, post-editing tools now yeah. that are available. It just seems like just the easiest yeah. thing to do. I only use a native camera. Um, if you want a simple little trick for it, by the way, this is my favorite one. Um, I only use iPhone. I don't even know what Android is. My, mo my mom has an Android. <laughs> um, there's a great thing. So if you're shooting like a bus going down the street, you hold your finger on where you want to focus and hold it there and it'll flash and then let go and that's where the focus will lock. So you have a lock focus on it. So if you're shooting like, a lot of times I'll be sitting there like waiting by this little fuck, little tree in the middle of nowhere for like someone to walk by or bike. People are like, how do you do that? You must have put that person on. I'm like, no, I'm just sitting there waiting, waiting at my focus lock. And as soon as they walk by, I'm just like, Ch all right, yeah. gotta go. Yeah, I just showed my mom that one. It blew her mind. Yeah, yeah. that's an awesome. One. <laughs> I, I also think if you're if you're gonna do anything like people always ask like long exposures or something like that. And when I did it on my iPhone, it's like you can buy yourself like a five dollar tripod for your phone or something like that. I used to have this little thing where I carried it in my pocket. It doesn't fit up with my new iPhone, but I carried it around all the time and I just plant my phone somewhere if I want to take a video or something like that. It's like it's a five dollar investment for you know that insane Sorry, amount of images. Are all those photos were saying um, phone photos. Mine, I think all of them except for two were. I think actually. Yeah. All yeah. the photos up on the yeah, we have a projector. Mine, I think all of mine except all of mine except for one new one. Mine, so. mine are not. Mine are uh, a combination of iPhone mixed with uh, a Canon EOS M, which is like a small uh, mirrorless digital uh, camera by Canon. So 
um, and I'll import them into the app. And that just, I started doing that because uh, I was getting really frustrated with the quality of night photography with the iPhone device itself. Uh, it was real shitty at the time, and it still is pretty shitty, but it's getting better. And okay, yeah, I haven't, I haven't messed with the six yet. Obviously, it's better, but um, at the time, you know, it wasn't. And so I was using that to take night photos. Uh, just because I could get better results. And again, in the competitive nature of it, I wanted my stuff to look way better than anyone else's. So, I don't know. So the question yeah, is, sure. is it, <laughs> it's say, is it irresponsible to advocate or God, Chase, kind of... That's a sellout question. <laughs> <laughs> you guys know who that is? This, this guy invented Tumblr, by the way. <laughs> so we have a question from the Tumblr moderator, yeah. gentlemen. Uh, if it's irresponsible to advocate kind of rooftop culture and, and breaking into places to take these photos, which I think is awesome, but... I, you know, I, and I gotta say, uh, I'm a parent, I have two children, and I'm a responsible parent, but I think in the name of kind of art and creativity, I think if no one's getting hurt, there's kind of no harm, no foul, you know what I mean? I think when you're going, I'm climbing on top of the Brooklyn Bridge and changing out the flags on it, I don't know, maybe that crosses it a little bit, but to me, in the name of like art and creativity, I don't think there's, a, to me, there's not, it's not a real crime, no one's really getting hurt. So. And I personally don't do anything that I have to like literally break into, like at any point. Uh, anything that I've done, I've just found access to, you know, as is, basically. So, you know, that's kind of out there, and I think most people kind of know that by my voice and me speaking it. And every once in a while, I'll mention it. Hey, you know, kids, don't do this. This is bad. Uh, but you should try it sometime because it's a really good time. So no, that know. is the same thing. Yeah. Like, I, like I'll go out. I'll, if, if a roof's open or whatever, get on it. But if there's like a lock on it, I'll turn around. But like sometimes we'll go out like shooting with these like really bad graffiti kids, and they're like, "We're gonna break it." I was like, "No, I'm going home." Yeah, there's a rooftop <laughs> picture on the projector right now as we're oh, yeah. talking. Oh yeah. About. Well, see, that's even better. Cause, oh, that was, this, that this was a funny. quick little story. This is because this guy's awesome, and we're kind of grown-ups. And so rather than breaking into Marina Towers, because we go, we want to get on the roof of Marina Towers because we've already shot from the ground like 30 times he called up marina towers and goes hey we have tons of followers on instagram and we're photographers can we come up and they're like yeah okay so we just asked permission and they let us do it so a lot of times it's like especially once you have like a big following like that's kind of clout in a way that you can use for tons of different things yeah and i also think it's just more about like like jason said like if you're gonna break into something like you're doing it knowingly i think that's the other thing like the first th th thing i ever did that was like kind of big was i went to the brock's candy factory and i like jumped up some walls and got in there and that's like actually probably started my addiction to like photos that no one else got because i essentially was like no one else is going to shoot this um but i think it's just knowing your limits and not doing stuff that you obviously know better than not you know obviously like i'm not going to go in and, and just hang on a roof and do stuff like where it's like completely dangerous i know brandon does things but he always advocates to people like this is me doing it not just you know you should do it yourself and so. like anytime i get been putting in handcuffs or anything of that nature i usually <laughs> mention that as well i he say does. hey i was putting handcuffs for this so just so you know how serious this is you know like it does it is known uh, i definitely try to make it known as well so yeah Oh well, yeah, like go what away. favorite spots or spots you haven't hit in Chicago yet? So, legal or legal? So, so this might be coming soon. I don't know if it's going to be happening or something like that. But this is just goes to more about being able to talk to people. Uh, we might be going on top of the the roof of uh, John Hancock. So that's going to be something where I think for me, I was born and raised here in Chicago, and I used to go down Lakeshore and always saw that building and actually would fall asleep just like looking at it. So for me, it has like a personal sentiment, and I think just being maybe a, that's a too, man. yeah, <laughs> can't get up there. I've tried. Yeah, see there. You go um, but yeah that, that, that's something for me at least sweet. personally that yeah. um, it would be that's a great awesome. shot to have just because I, I think like I started taking pictures about a year ago never thinking where it would take me and now if it's uh, on top of that building it's pretty it's pretty nice 
I've been trying, if anyone can get me in, I'll be a friend. <laughs> um, I've been trying to get in. There are a bunch of underground tunnels underneath Chicago that are kind of abandoned uh, train and railroad stations. There's a whole, like, underground kind of mess that w they would use to transport from building to building, and I've been trying to get into those because, to me, like, again, trying to get – it's not in a matter of getting into a subway tunnel or an L station, which you can kind of do, although that is illegal as well, so yes. we know. The CTA let me know that. Yeah. And I reminded them I'm, I'm an American, not a terrorist. Um, Many times. Um, but there's tons of underground tunnels like underneath the city that I'm trying to get. I'm into. with Jason. I would love to go in those tunnels. I've tried countless amounts of times. I've contacted the city actually as well, like just trying to figure out like how I can do this. And they basically said good luck, you know. So, but challenge accept it. And yeah, uh, I think a lot of them are trying. flooded maybe. They, no, they, they, they are. They say that. He yeah, say that to, to keep people up. <laughs> I, have, I have received many emails from him uh, just relating to articles about underground tunnels saying we need to figure this out, and that's all he says. So uh, if, if anyone could help, if anyone could help us, yeah. please feel free We're to putting this uh, reach out. Podcast, yeah, so. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, if I guess if you know if I had to, if I can go anywhere, I guess uh, uh, I want to go on Willis or Sears Tower, however you however you want to call it. Uh, I don't. <laughs> I know, I know, but it's. Um, but yeah, he's I'm, not talking about going on the sky deck. He's no, talking the about roof, going on the, the rooftop. Roof. Um, I love going on roofs as well. Um, I was I was able to get on the Hancock a couple times a few years ago, and it's it's fantastic. And you know, to get a few feet higher would be even better. Got a few calls in, but you know, we'll see what happens with that. Top of Trump would be pretty yeah, sweet. Yeah, that too. one would be I've really cool. I've seen a video from up there, and man, it looks awesome. That's so. a view not many people get to see because they don't have an observation yeah. deck and all the uh, residential Which units is also up top are very locked down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very much so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> After the guys like parachuted off yeah, of it, yeah. Yeah. yeah, no longer can you even try. Let's do, uh, yeah, it's this gentleman in the back. Talk about the helicopters. So for, for me personally, helicopter stuff came as uh, a really awesome kind of mess up, I think, on a particular uh, helicopter company's part. So they took my photo and started promoting their services. And I saw it and was like, hey, I don't remember talking to anybody about this at all. Like, but I'm a cool guy. And, uh, you know, if you want <laughs> to talk about a deal, I'd, I'd be into it. And uh, sure enough, you know, I got some free rides uh, on a helicopter. And uh, if you haven't been in a helicopter, go into a helicopter. It's totally worth the money. It's amazing, especially with this city, the architecture of this city, just being above it. Uh, a thousand feet is like quite the, the ride, you know. So um, and as a photographer, especially one that's even interested in getting up high on roofs or architectural stuff, it's like the best thing that you could do uh, in the city, especially. So and make sure they take the doors off. Yeah, for you. Yeah, you want the doors, doors off. off. So I started with a company in New York called New York On Air. It's a, it was a small little helicopter company that um, I have a producer who works in my New York office. I go figure out a way to get me in a helicopter, show how many followers I have, right? So you can use your following as I don't want money, right? I want access to awesome shit yeah. so I can shoot more photos. And he contacted these guys. They were dabbling in Instagram and they had 200 followers. Now they have their accounts like 280,000 followers and they've made thousands of dollars off of this, right? So Instagram as a business idea for something like that is exactly right. And it was a simple exchange to let me go in a helicopter, strap me in and let me hang out the door over the Empire State Building to shoot photos on my iPhone. And I would tag them and bring all my big Instagram friends up with me. And it's turned into a whole business model 
model stock photography library. We're expanding, uh, opening up here in Chicago, San Francisco, and they gave me one percent of their company. So I actually own a helicopter company. So there you go. Because of, of my iPhone. Real, real quick, a tip on that, by the way, Jason always says this too, to use your uh, social clout as social currency. I think that's important. Just like whenever I reach out to anybody nowadays, it's even for like sneakers and stuff like that, um, is, hey, I have followers. I'm willing to do stuff because I know that I obviously enjoy stuff like that. And I'm willing to do stuff because I know it will translate to stuff that I enjoy and I can take pictures of. So I think whenever he tells me to like, hey, reach out to them, ask them. It's like the Marina Towers thing. I just said, hey, I have a guy who has nearly 300,000 followers. I have some following, I guess. Uh, can we just go take some cool images and... If they're cool enough, I think they'll they'll say yes. Yeah. I'm just. Well, what? Currency. Yeah. Use your currency. social following as as social currency. Yeah. yeah. There you go. And I'm just thinking, <laughs> I want to do this next panel whenever we do another panel like this in a helicopter. Yeah. I've never done a podcast do in a helicopter. We'll do it. So, um, all right. So we got time for I think one more question. So let's make it a good one. I hand right right over here. That's pressure on you. <laughs> Step up. Sure. Is there an ideal time for posting Instagram I mean, there's photos? like crazy analytic tools now. You could kind of break it down. I mean, I don't kind of nerd out that much. Um, I just have a thing where I've been consistent. You know, I post like one at like between like, you know, nine and 10 in the morning, one in the afternoon and one at night. And you kind of have different audiences that hit those photos, right? So I look and see who's liking it and commenting on it. And it's a global platform, right? So if you're posting at, you know, like midnight, you're going to get people from, you know, Asia and people kind of, you know, waking up kind of all over the platform. But um, I just pick from my audience. These are the times I do it. So the audience has grown because of those time frames. I still say do it when you have time. Like the way I post, I do it in the morning. I get in, I kind of edit a photo. Because then I can post, and then I can also engage with like the rest of the people on there. Like I hate when people are just like posting a photo, they don't engage sort of thing. Uh, for me, I, I look at it. Well, he's kind of a little different. He's an outlier, so I won't, I won't say anything about him. But uh, just post stuff when you have time. I also think don't be rushed and don't just post a photo for posting a photo. I think it's sort of have time for it. I find it more relaxing than anything. So for me, it's kind of a process, and it's kind of a nice little way to kind of wake up in the day. And then I also do it at night sometimes, just when I'm going home on the train. So. Time does have relevancy, though. Like, mm -hmm. uh, while I was on the trail, I didn't have signal much at all, practically. But when I would get it, no matter what time of day it was, I found it as an opportunity to, you know, speak to my audience and tell them that, hey, I'm alive. I haven't fallen off this mountain, <laughs> but I got a cool shot, right? So, uh, and that meant, like, posting it at maybe 2 o'clock in the morning sometimes. And I would notice that some of my stuff might go overlooked, actually, because of that um, at certain times. But, you know, just like like to your schedule, uh, the morning and in the evening when people are coming home and they're kind of winding down and they actually have a time to go through all of their things and read things and just kind of uh, give themselves their entertainment uh, is a, probably the most powerful point to reach people, so yeah. in I my like, personal opinion. I like 10 p.m. If I had to pick one, one hour of the day, 10 p.m. seems to uh, get the most... Uh, uh, likes and engagement. Is there a limit to how many you post? Yeah, I mean, I think we hit on it once. Like, if you have like five awesome photos of the Marina Towers, just post the best one. I think there are other apps that are great for that. Tumblr, mm -hmm. um, where I post stories versus you know single images, but you don't want to overpost as well. Like to me, I've sort of like tested out a little bit. So to me, it's like two to three mm -hmm. seem the right kind of you know yep. number for the amount of followers I have. And delivery um, is key. You know, delivery is so key and all of that because I mean, let's just face it. Like you post five photos back to back, and it, they're all amazing photos well after the second one you know it's the shock value kind of wears off you know so uh but if you wait like and post those five photos over the course of maybe 
uh, three or four months, then each time it's bringing that emotion back again. It's yeah. to the audience, right. you know. So yeah, it'd be a little boring. Like if we did the helicopter shots, you posted five in a row, sort of. I think it's your job as like the person that's curating your your feed to say this is the best one, and maybe there's other ones, but I'm sort of going to spread them out and say like give you a little bit of other stuff. So I think that's kind of up to you. Yeah, but never more than I never do more than one like at that yeah. hour. Like I'll never do you know three right in a row. It's always kind of one at a time. All right. Well, I think that that about wraps it up. I mean, this was an incredible panel. I really want to thank our panelists, uh, Brennan Sharp, Jason Peterson, Danny Moda, and Nick Oliveri. 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 Yeah. Okay. I wanted to make sure I'm close. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, that was awesome. Thank you to everyone who came out. Thank you to Social Media Week for having us and Zocalo Group for helping us set this up. My name is Haima Black with Dynasty Podcast. You can find a recording of this panel um, by mid-October, before Halloween, a recording of this panel will be up at DynastyPodcasts.com. Dynasty Podcast plural. Thank you guys so much for coming out. This has been the Dynasty Podcast Panelcast series. You can find more live podcasts and panels at DynastyPodcast.com. For the Dynamic Dynasty, my name is Haima Black, Dynasty Descend.